Hi, Hi, Leda. Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's a grey day. You know, I think it's been a while since we did the last one of these. I think we both had quite a bit of work. So glad to get back on to having a chat about another double bill. And we've decided that this week we're going to talk about um, Lane and do the right thing. It's been quite a long time since the last one. I hope that we will have as an excuse the fact that the quality of our audio has improved. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been really spending that time trying to get that right. You know? Exactly. This entire time was dedicated to technical yeah, uh, expertise. Exclusively to that, yeah. The both films are, um, they're both quite well-known films, I think. Start with Do the Right Thing was a film from 1989 by Spike Lee. He still probably is considered his, like, masterpiece, his magnum. If there is one film that kind of is Spike Lee in a distillation, it's this one, I think. And it's sort of telling the story of Mookie who's a pizza delivery man, who's also played by Spike Lee in Brooklyn. And he's, you know, and it's sort of looking at the hottest day in the year and all the lives of the community on that day. And it's um, a, quite an ensemble piece and it'd be quite hard to sort of narrow the narrative down into one thread. But essentially you have different characters such as Radio Rahim, who goes around with uh, his um, love and hate uh, knuckle dusters and public enemy and then you go to him from to bugging out who's Mookie's friend who wants to try and get um, someone black on the wall of fame in the local pizzeria and by Sal. Sal is, um, he runs the local pizzeria and he's sort of a neighborhood stalwart, but his son Pino is a racist. And um, again, I don't want to sort of almost bastardize the film by condensing it down, but essentially as the day goes on and the heat sort of gets to everyone, it all comes to a head when Mookie and Radio Rahim sort of demand that the pizzeria put uh, someone black on the wall and then the police are called and the police kill Radio Rahim in a chokehold and then uh, there is a riot we see what happens through the riot and then it continues on to the next day and sort of a new day starts what well, that's that's do the right thing and Lane is 1995 film by Mathieu Kassovitz. And it's about three young men in the banlieue of Paris. And it comes in the wake of a series of protests because of the death of a friend of this group. A young local was hurt by the police in captivity and then he later dies. And the main characters of this are called Vince, played by Vincent Cassel. This is sort of a star-making term for him. Uh, Hubert and Saïd. And again, this is sort of life in the banlieue at odds with the police and they eventually go into town and they sort of do a long walk back from the center of Paris and sort of all the way back out to the suburbs and how they can't really escape their environment. Both films are look they stylistically extraordinarily different. Lion is black and white film. Do the right thing is almost is is so vibrantly colorful as to almost not be believed, but again I think they're very linked by the fact that they are extraordinarily creative, extraordinarily beautiful and interesting and almost flamboyant in their own ways but they're so grounded in social in the social reality of the characters they're in and they both have a clear message about these characters who are being alienated by their environment and society is pushing down on them not just in their interactions with each other but clearly in the form of the police i think this is the most important place we can start really is that before we get into the technical categories of how I think the films haven't aged at all because of the quality of the filmmaking, but the social issue 
is still utterly pertinent. And there are other films you can look at where different social issues sort of you sort of they recede somewhat or they come back into the fore. But these still feel utterly vital and urgent um, because there has been this sort of same story happened again in 2019. And we don't want to turn this into just, you know, into a social issue commentary podcast, but we wanted to sort of engage with the fact that it's interesting how these films don't, they could have been made this year, really, and there wouldn't really be an eye blink. Like all the cultural references are just changeable and fungible. And there are lots of other elements that are, you would move, but I think that's the main thrust of it, the energy with that. And I think you watch it and I watch both films and I watch Lane sort of as George Floyd, was happening in the protests and I think it just felt like wow you felt like you're almost watching you could go off Twitter and or YouTube and see these videos and it sort of cuts right in yeah but I think what's interesting again about the depiction of the police is that I think it shows the police as separate to the environment uh in some way exactly. they're not then yeah. and I think there's other films by Spike Lee we were talking actually about Clockers and I watched it and Clockers is a Another good film, I think it's um, a bit of quite a different film. And I think the thing there is the police actually is a bit more integrated or it's separate. It's a bit different. Um, whereas I think with this, what's interesting is the police come in and then they come out and then sort of life resumes and doesn't resume. And I think that's maybe one thing you can look at as a point of similarity. Yeah, I think I think what I like about both these films is that they're both, of course, in the in the social realism and they deal with, with, with issues that are incredibly political. But they're not played by the rules of what is usually perceived to be social realism in film, you know, which is a certain way of shooting a certain way. You know, these are incredible, you know, aesthetically also, they are like incredibly ambitious and groundbreaking films in a sense. And, and that's what I really like about that because I, I do really resent the idea that if you're dealing with something that is political, you need to use a certain style to tackle it. The Ken Loach, the Den Brothers approach, which I do like, I do like some of them, of their films, and I think they work for the kind of filmmakers they are. But that has become kind of the standard when you approach social realism. And I mm. really resent that idea that, that, that there should be only one way of, of doing that. That's why I think these two films are, you know, Do the Right Thing and Lehane are, are really interesting because in, in very different ways, you know, the start, their style couldn't be more different in a sense uh and the way they're shot and the way they but um they they do challenge that idea and and, and that's something i and that's something i really like and that's something i think we, we we need more of you know um absolutely and i think what's i think one thing that i found just the, the point the point i found quite specific to Lain is that you moment you're there you almost feel for a lot of the film you're in a hangout film with three friends like a really intense friend film where you know, not that Richard Linklater is going to direct it, but they're all, it's all set in 20 hours, four hours. They've got to try and get some yeah. drugs. You get so quickly immersed in this friendship group and these guys like playfulness with each other. That's one of my favorite things about Leanne is I think you remember, you obviously come for the political issues and social issues, but you stay and you, you, most of the enjoyment is just the kind of the banter these guys have with one another. Again, you kind of get drudged down in sort of like the issues that are really important that underlie them and are really important for to tackle. But Mookie is an enjoyable character to kind of hang out with. And he's sort of this irascible guy with his girlfriend and Rosie Perez. And I think yeah. all the local characters create this really warm sense of Brooklyn. And in Lane, you get these sense of these guys who are just trying to figure out what to do in the ball year. And, you know, everyone, lots of people, I think most of us have had an issue where we missed the last train home. And then it becomes almost a bit like um, After Hours by Martin Scorsese, where it's just, how am I going to get home tonight? That's true, and you know, in a way, like 
the thing I like the most about Little Right Thing is is the portrait of the neighborhood. You know, it picks the, the hottest day of the year and, you know, everything that comes with it, in a sense. And the film is really pretty extraordinary at, at building up this, this atmosphere and, you know, get you to know, you know, all the characters in the neighborhood, you know, from, you know, the three guys that are sitting under the umbrella, you know, talking about, like, the Korean shop. And, you know, then you get into the Korean shop and you meet, the, you know, the, the, the couple that runs the Korean shop. And then there is... There is the local uh, drunk who kind of connects them and is, you know, and is walking around the neighborhood and, and you meet all these different characters. I guess, in a sense, I think um, Luder, I think, is much more successful, I think, than Lehane at giving you the sense of the neighborhood. I think, on the other hand, conversely, Lehane is really good at giving the sense of friendship and really exploring the relationship between the three central characters. Whereas in, in Do The Right Thing, I feel that the, in a sense, the relationship between the characters are all kind of determined by their social standing in the neighborhood. It's, a, it's a broader, you know, image, It's a less right? intimate because film. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the line is just with those three guys, basically, for the yeah. whole film. Of course, you're going to get, a, I guess, a deeper insight. But right. I think I completely agree. I think what's nice about Do The Right Thing that I would say is that it's still, it's, it's remarkably skillful how so, there are actually so many characters. It's almost, if it was made today, you'd almost imagine some people would want to approach it as a TV series. But mm. there are so many characters and you feel like yeah. you know all of them. You feel like you understand all of them. You get all of them from the woman who's on her porch to the like local drunk. You know, you sort of feel you know every single person there. And uh, that is a real skill. And I think, whereas Lane, what I love with the three characters, you kind of get the boredom of being in your early 20s with no money and not knowing what to do and being in yeah. an area where there's no prospects and nothing going on and your friends are dying at the hands of the police. And you kind of get this sense of boredom mixed with anger and it sort of builds and builds yeah. and builds in this cocktail. Whereas in Do The Right Thing, I think you get this clear disconnect of culture and race and I think, and that's what brings that to a head, or at least I think that's what that film brings it to a head. Don't you also think that one of the, re- I think one of the reasons why, why, why Do The Right Thing is so good with, you know, with the characters is that the perform- I mean, all the performances across the board are like just, like, are just amazing, you know, you have like this ensemble that is... Uh, oh, the act is amazing. It's just extraordinary and, and you know, and everything, everyone is, is, is simply perfect. So I think that that it doesn't almost feel like it's written in a sense. Like you, you have, you have this very, it's, a, it's an incredibly stylized film and because of the editing, because of the cinematography and so on. And at the same time, it feels like it's happening in front of your eyes and it's, and it's not fiction. It's a film made at this really special moment um, with sort of hip hop culture where there's music, a lot of the music by Chuck D and Public Enemy, Fight the Power, this vision of Brooklyn at this time as it, you know, I don't think it's trying to be utterly perfectly realistic in the absolute detail it's the spirit of Brooklyn and the spirit of the culture that's coming through Brooklyn why they mention Mike Tyson and and they meant and all these celebrities who they are talking about Eddie Murphy and are the celebrities that are going to go on the wall and I think that's the really intelligent use of the wall and the sort of the crux of the whole film is that there's this white wall of white you know celebrities who are Sal's heroes and yeah that is good for Sal's private property, but he is selling to exclusively black clients. And this cult, it almost stands apart to the vibrant culture that's surrounding it. And I think that's why it becomes this really interesting disconnect. And I can, you kind of, that's why you end up seeing both sides of the story. That's one person's house, but that house is benefiting from the community. Don't you think that there is something really interesting in looking at how these two films, Lahane and um, The Right Thing, look at... 
a different ethnicities and social groups within uh, their own societies. So I feel that Lahaine is, is very French uh, to the extent that, you know, you have three leading characters of which one is white, actually, you know, Jewish, Eastern European, one is Afro-French, one is a North African Muslim. So like there is this sense, which is very typically French, in, in, you know, the, Fre the French attitude towards, towards diversity, then, you know, you can mm. be French in a different way, but everything is first, first and foremost French, right? Like laïcité. Like, yeah, like the idea is that, you know, your differences are less important than the thing you have in common, which is, you know, being French and living in France and living by French values and so on. Whereas the American attitude towards this is more about kind of expressing one's roots and one's you know background in america there is much more uh, emphasis on you know what your heritage is not only in terms of, of white black or latino but also you know irish american american that's something that is really kind of important in identifying who you are whereas mm. whereas france has a completely different approach like in france you can't even the census can't even collect data that is breaking down by ethnicity or race you can't collect data about I don't know the demographics of a of a of a neighborhood that those data are not available even mm. whereas that's definitely not the approach that you have in you know the UK or in or in the US. Or in, I think it's a really US. interesting point about how I think that's a very good point because obviously in do the right thing it culminates where they destroy sales but then they don't destroy the Korean business for example. Um, yeah, I think and again how you know, there is that scene where they do the tracking shot to everyone's face and they, they are insulting the different ethnicity, you know, where the policeman says one thing about the one person and then the Koreans say something about the Jew and they sort of are all insulting other ethnicities and how the whole crux of the story is about white celebrities on the wall versus black. And, and I think that's an interesting way of framing that. I would throw in that you, 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 know, you keep saying white, white celebrities, but I, I would just add, that's like an Italian-American Mm. Uh, business and on the wall there are only Italians, Italian Americans. Yeah, so it's, it's not like random white celebrities. Like it's it's there are only Italian Americans. Now we do perceive Italian Americans as white today, but that's not always been the case historically. Like in 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 the nineteenth century and for part of the twentieth century, Italian Americans were not perceived as white. Uh, as as crazy that may sound, you know, there, there was not you know. So I think you're taking right. To the, yeah. In a sense, like, you know, if you, if you look at Do the Right Thing, you have, you have an overwhelmingly African-American community, you have a Korean shop and you have an Italian pizzeria. Like Every single character in, I think it's a good point that every single character identifies themselves because they're all immigrants from the immigrant community yeah, they come all, from, be they Irish, Italian. And I think that's a, and that's how they're all, they're, they're all self-identifying. And I think that's why the music is so important to the culture of the film and that expresses itself through the black culture and African-American culture. In Laen, the idea is it doesn't really matter who you are if you're in these social conditions if you are in these banlieues and you are a target and you just need to survive and it's a story of survival and color doesn't almost matter so i think again it's about placing these characters in relationship to their environment the difference but again also Lion, this film is shot in black and white and i think that it, it does do something about trying to make a, a statement with color it's important to say that the hen was shot in color and then in post-production, they went for black and white. I didn't know that, really. Yeah, that's that's a very because you can't imagine that film in color, can you? You can't imagine La Hen in color. Like it, it, it's so no, iconic it's a... for its black and white and for yeah, the decision they ever made. But 
also, very interestingly, if you look at uh, Do the Right Thing, which was very controversial at the time. It should be said, white critics of the film at the time were scared this film would incite racial violence. And I think Spike Lee said something along the lines of this won't, people killing, you know, police killing people incites racial violence or incites right. violence. That's, it's not that way around. And it happened, you know, two years before Rodney King and the Rodney King riots. I think it's, I think that's just one of the reasons why this film really is to, not just stood the test of time, but continues to feel young and vital because you watch the film and you just get so angry by the end of it and you feel so upset. And I think that's immensely to Spike Lee's credit. Immensely. Because I think in other films, he does it in 25, 25th Hour, I think he really pulls it off. But there are other films where I sometimes feel the message comes first or he, I, I don't know, sometimes it doesn't really hit me. But this one, it all, for me, really lines up. Weirdly enough, Le Hain, uh, which, you know, you could imagine uh, being a very controversial film. At the time, uh, the conservative government, had a governor was Alain Juppé and the, the, the president was Jacques Chirac. So both, you know, the conservative government had Lehane become a mandatory screening for all the members of the cabinet and the government. Really? So it's, you, you wouldn't imagine that happening in America, like in 1989, probably. Uh, I, mean, I did not know that. Yeah. So at, 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 in 1989, I would doubt, I strongly doubt, maybe I'll be proved wrong, I strongly doubt that Bush. That was father, George Bush senior. Yeah, the just Bush senior administration had do the right thing to be like a mandatory screening for the administration. Whereas in France, the Conservative government had Le Hain be a, a, a mandatory wow. screening as, a, as, a, as an important film that you know was reflecting a real issue that was going on in the country. And I think that's also because, in a certain sense, Le Hain is consistent with a vision of, of France that no matter what the differences are between left and right, there is this sense that, you know, this kind of national identity comes before everything else. And the film is consistent with that. Lane is an extraordinarily clear film, actually. It's very logical. Everything makes sense. And the messaging is also extraordinarily consistent. I don't think that's what Spike Lee's ever been interested in. I've not seen yeah. The Five Bloods to the point of this recording, but that's what I've been told by that film. And I think he's always Absolutely. been interested in... I think he is interested in inconsistencies i think he is interested in this where the sort of that line is of how can you feel one thing with the other thing against it and i think you know i think that's why sometimes his films are so can be really really interesting even when you don't know if they totally work there's no such thing almost as a boring spike lee movie shall we get to the category uh let's start with you know since we mentioned it before let's start with cinematography maybe cinematography i actually may end up going with um do the right thing i think do the right thing i just i'm a big fan of those, for me, it's one where all the Spike Lee cinematic quirks all really come together through the cinematography. I mean, I think we're going to hear into the, the uh, usual issue about cinematography and editing, you know. Mm, like, yeah, we're definitely going to um, run into it. The reason why I probably would, I would cinematography-wise, I will go with Le Hayne is because I think that it's a film with a strong aesthetic statement at the same time a strong political statement showing things that are incredibly harrowing and, and painful to watch but the cinematography never crosses that line of becoming self-indulgent and, yeah, and kind of complacent with what's going on. And I think that that's why I would go with Lehane. See, for um, me, I'm going to definitely be putting that towards my editing case of Lehane. I think Lehane is yeah. so wonderfully, insanely cool editing things, such as overlaying images where you see his face with the double eyes when the man shoots through the door. 
and the way you know the opening sequence i can't believe i need to just mention it now if i don't ever mention it the opening of rosie perez dancing is just an all-timer for do the right thing but the opening mm. of lane may be even better with all the different riots happening with um bob marley on top and i think that's just from that moment on you just know you're watching something really special and the way it cuts in that you know real footage to then the actual film and now that i know that the uh, cinematography was a post-production decision i'm um, that's put it over the top for me that <laughs> um, it's gone black and white post-production is now my yeah. end for post pro I, I think editing one i would go with we do the right thing because I, i'm really like a huge fan of all the work that barry alexander brown the editor like the film is never literal in a sense a lot of cuts and a lot of jumps are, are completely non-realistic but mm. they give you this sense impressionistic sense of the neighborhood you know um yeah. who musically uh i would definitely say i think do the right things music is beyond iconic i think it's yeah it's an absolute of its time and place it is incredible but the music that was written for the film is actually written by by Spike Lee's dad Bill Lee yeah well, it fight the power the public enemy song was written yeah. for do the right thing and fight the power is one of the greatest rap songs of all time really and i think you know it's one of the great things that helped you know take rap music into the mainstream in yeah 1990 it's you know the mu- it, it's an utterly indelible and iconic song and i think it's almost it would be very 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 hard to find any film that could sort of find a, a track that was written for it that was as influential as important as this one i think one category that will risk being a bit overlooked in this case is production design just because you know shot on location and and you know but actually what's very interesting about the right thing was that the production designer uh, win thomas actually repainted some of the Uh, houses on on the street to brown and red to you know convey the sense of heat and you know of, of, you know the hot day of year and actually the whole pizzeria and the korean corner shop you know those were completely empty spaces that were decorated this is so interesting. i'm so glad i'm going the other way this is the first time we've disagreed on like i think multiple categories which is fabulous lane i love the product i think do the right thing oh, it's great it's also amazing but i would probably go with lane because i think obviously it is in the real bonlier but you know it feels so truthful i think from the really rich flat in the center of paris onwards you just it's not just you buy it i think there are actually quite a lot of quite stylized locations like when they see their friend has been killed on screen that's a bank of of, of tvs and i don't know it just totally totally worked for me favorite performance from which film i will go with uh, daniel yellow in and do the right thing daniel yellow you're going with yeah Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Why Daniel Ayala and do the right thing? I think his performance is incredible. He's really really good. Initially that role was was you know was meant to go to Robert De Niro. In a way I'm so happy Daniel Ayala played it because it's it's just possibly his best performance. I think he's he's just Oh, I think it's almost certainly his best performance. I think I would actually go with um Said Tagmai is um utterly brilliant in this role I think. And I think he is Said is just really really wonderful. Um and I I love his performance. I think he's funny but also just it's heartbreaking to see him the scene where his hair gets cut by Vincent Cassel as Vince he's also brilliant mm. it's just utterly hilarious and an incredible performance what is your favorite scene favorite scene in both films i think the scene that i think is um for me the one that i find very very powerful is the one where the uh two boys are being tortured by the police in lane is mm. the one where i find you just sit you're sat there and you can't really escape it um yeah. equally i think in do the right thing 
I'm a big fan of Radio Raheem's hate and love when he puts out the two fists and he says the two mm-hmm. are always fighting one another. You know, the obvious allusion to Robert Mitchum's fists in Night of the Hunter. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, just a brilliant, brilliant scene. Uh, I think that my favourite scene actually in, in Do the Right Thing is possibly when Damaya, right, uh, played by uh, Ossie Davis, right, who's the elder drunk of, of the neighborhood, right? Everyone kind of laughs and, you know, he's kind of an authority, on, you know, goes into the Korean shop and tries to buy a beer. It's not an incredibly consequential scene in terms of the story, but it, I don't know, that I feel that there is an element of truthfulness to it. Similarly, in uh, Lahaine, my favorite scene is definitely the one where the three friends meet the old Gulag survivor in the public toilet. And he tells them oh, the story yes. from the gulags. And it's, again, it's not a consequential scene. In terms of plot, you know, you could cut it out, wouldn't probably change much. So now then it gets to directors. It's hard because you need to judge the film, not the overall career, because, you know, if we're talking about overall career, there's no, you know. I might go with Spike Lee uh, in the end, because I just think that, and this is probably a contradiction of what I just said, but I think that, you know, this is a film that kind of like established a certain style and a certain way of, you know, storytelling. And I don't think that there are a lot of other movies that kind of done something similar, but like in a way, like it's almost unmatched in, in, in the way it does it. Like, and I think when you watch that, it's because the film is brave, exciting, fun. It does everything you could ever want it to do and more. It's just about that I think with Spike Lee and Do the Right Thing, I think you're watching uh, a one-off film where a great director puts it all together as well as he ever does. It's the, in my mind the best one of the best examples of how you can take an extraordinary, extraordinarily important issue such as police violence and um, different communities coexisting, and also make it a love letter to a time and place. And it's also beyond all those amazing things. The first hour and a half of it, you can just stick on, and it's almost like a hangout film. And I just mm. want to see the characters I like again, yeah. hang out with them, and that's why it hits you like in the stomach each and every time you rewatch it because you're watching people you come to love over the first hour and a half be torn up and in one case killed. I might go with Lehane, although, you know, I've sided with Do The Right Thing on, you know, several like uh, other categories because I think that at the end of the day, I don't know, I think that it's a film that I find, and, and that's a usual thing with, with, with Spike Lee's movies sometimes is that I find that there are a lot of things in it that I really love and somehow I love more than, 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 the, than the sum of the parts, in a sense. Mm. Whereas Lehane, I think it's, it's a film that is, is almost like perfect in its execution. And I find it closer to my sensibility, in a sense, than do the right thing. Although I might enjoy watching the right, if enjoy is the right word, but, you know, I definitely find that do the right thing is more my maybe cup of tea when it comes to, to the style and the aesthetic of it. Uh, when it comes to the, to the film as a whole, I find that Lehane is it's a film that I, I really admire. What are we going to do next week? Uh, aren't we going to go with Conversation and... And Lives of Others. That's going to be films if you like listening in on your neighbours. That will be a great informative uh, podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward yeah. to that one. There are some more ideas that we have coming up for other ones that we'd like to go into. I'll speak soon. And, uh... Speak soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.